Hey everybody and welcome back to Flip Connect. This is episode 10. I am going to be talking about franchise systems. In the past I had owned a real estate investment franchise, purchased it in 2008, had it for about three, three and a half years of a five-year contract and decided at that point it was, it was best to um, start my own thing. And I'm going to talk a little bit about it today. The pros and cons, there's you know, nothing against franchise systems. There's, there's a great system, the one that I was involved with. I thought it was a pretty good system. And I think that at the time for what I needed and that opportunity, it was worth the money. I did end up spending quite a bit of money, uh, close to $50,000 to start it up. But uh, today I'm going to be talking about my experiences with that. Was it worth $50,000? Is it going to make sense for you? What are the other options out there? Um, I'm not really going to advocate going to one or the other. I'm not going to really be talking specifically about each individual system, but I'm going to my experience that I had with the system that I signed up for at that time. So look uh, look forward to uh, to that today, and um, we'll be uh, we'll be starting here shortly. So we're starting right now. <laughs> uh, Look, there's a few things I need to add to this. I, I need to set up uh, intro and outro music, make it a little more Hollywood. But for now, you know, I have no advertisers. I'm not generating funds for this. My objective is not to become a podcast millionaire. That's not my goal. I do well in my business. I'm happy where I'm at to a certain degree. I do have future plans of getting involved in much bigger projects and taking on much more partnerships than I've ever done before and really growing this business out to provide the maximum amount of benefit to the greatest amount of people out there that would like to get involved in my style of investing. So this is a good platform for me to kind of air out you know, my thoughts and walk through my process, show you what I've done, see if that helps you. Uh, you do not need to join up or sign any any sign up for any program that I have right now. Currently, I have zero programs. This is uh, really just an opportunity for me to get you know myself out there, and so you can learn about me, and I can share with you my experiences, and hopefully that helps you. In the future, when I have a project, I will let everybody know. People that would like to get involved are free to speak with myself and my team, and we will move forward on that. So at any rate, uh, again, this is Corey Harrington with Flip Connect, and today I'm going to be talking about franchise systems. So a franchise system. The difference between a franchise system and a licensing play would be if you have a company that has a very strong brand recognition, Let's say uh, Disney, and you want you produce shirts, and you want to market Disney products using your textile mills, using your sewing machines, and your manufacturing process and distribution channels. Then you would sign a licensing agreement with Disney, and Disney would get paid for every single garment you sell. So a franchise system in real estate business. Uh, would be no different. There may be a platform like me. I have Flip Connect is an idea. It's a name. 
it's a it's a it's a brand that I bought a long time ago. I uh, someone actually came up with a name for me. A friend of my wife's, uh, his wife, came up with a name. We were throwing around ideas. I like the idea of flip. This was, I must say, 2012, 2013. So, you know, I, I don't recall her name, but I thank her uh, for this. Um, this name is, is pretty cool. And so, you know, that year I bought FlipConnect.com, and I've held on to it. I haven't really done anything with it until now. Until now it's 2021. In the past, I used it as part of my marketing um, offer sheet, you know, so part of marketing and, and, and offer sheets. So if I have a deal that I'm pitching through my company, which is House Buyers Direct, and um, I have an analysis on it, you know, you look at the numbers, the price, there, you know, uh, the uh, profit ratios, the profit margin you can make, excuse me, um, other other financials that are, would be interesting to look at to determine if this is a good deal for you, cash flow, potential cash flow, current valuation of the property, estimates of repairs, you know, cost of money, everything else. I would uh, I would put that all together in, in a spreadsheet that I created and then I, I'd label that FlipConnect, you know, so this is a deal from House Buyers Direct powered by FlipConnect. You know, I was just finding a place for that name because I just really like the name. And uh, it turns out there's another company out there that, that came up with that name as well. In, in England, I think they do uh, phone, VOIP or some kind of technology uh, in, in telephony. So there's also another, I think, uh, investment group out there that are called flipconnect.net or something like that. And, and they've they created uh, something and they, they're on YouTube and stuff like that. I haven't really looked at them too closely, but we do have a competing name. Point being is FlipConnect. That, that I could license that. I could I could teach you a plat I could teach you a whole program of how to talk with investors, what to say uh, to to raise capital from other investors that uh, don't want to, you know, manage properties and would like to take the money that they've earned and invest in you and make a return off of you while you go out and and, and put properties together. Um, deals together for for purchase renovation and sell or whatever your exit strategy may be so i could teach that i can teach how to talk with sellers of properties and go through that process and interview them you know consult with them work with them in their home and make a decision on what's going to be best for them going forward you know do I buy this property from you at 50 cents on a dollar? What does 50 cents on a dollar mean? Really walk them through the numbers and say, you know, I'm not just lowballing you here, but I am offering you a price that so happens to be 50 cents on the dollar based on what your house would be worth in the perfect scenario. So if your house on the top of the market is $100,000 and I'm buying it at $50,000, well, that means you know, I have cost of money, which would be maybe $10,000. That would be interest that I have to pay on, on borrowed money. Uh, there would be overhead for um, advertising, for calling an agent. That time and effort it takes to vet agents and, and get the right one for you. Um, if you are an agent at the time, you have to go through putting this deal together for yourself as opposed to the money you would make you know, flipping someone else's property, getting a commission. So there's 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 a time value of money. There's the actual value of money. And they need to understand that, that, you know, although it's not their concern, it's not their problem, it is the reality of the business that you 
have to spend money and time, which equates to money, um, to, to make the deal happen, to buy it, to renovate it, to sell it, the trips to the store, the cost of the materials for the trips to the store, the checks you write to the contractors, the checks you write for insurance, for mortgage, for everything else under the sun. They need to, they need to understand that those expenses are something that you have to consider when you're making an offer. So anyway, I'm not going to go into all the training and aspects of that. I'm right now. I'm just going to focus on you know licensing versus franchise. So when you look at that, licensing would be I would put this whole concept together. You know how to buy, fix, and sell, how to market, how to raise money, how to find a deal, how to advertise to find the properties directly, how to network, everything else. I could package it all up and call it Flip Connect and sell that package in a training you know, format and give you general uh, processes that you can follow, that you do not have to follow, but you could. But the main thing you're really going for would be that name, Flip Connect, because let's pretend that Flip Connect is known throughout the world and every person who wants to sell a property that is otherwise something that would be more challenging to sell on their own, you know, property that has busted windows, peeling paint, rotten floors, bad air conditioner, roof with sunlight coming through. These kinds of properties are harder to sell. And this would be a place that they know to go to get their property sold. The value of that is what you would be buying. So you would go out there and license yourself as FlipConnect. You would operate as a FlipConnect licensee and that would that's pretty much where it ends. So any monies generated from your from your uh, from your deals as a licensee, you do not receive, you know, you don't receive money on that. Although you could get a royalty, it could be written out. The point would be that you know I cannot make you adhere to the specific process that I set forward um, in my trainings for you to be a licensee. There are ways you can violate that. There are ways that you can, you know, go be in favor with us as a licensor um, using our name. There be, you know, there's not necessarily that uh, restriction there. But with a franchise, it it gets more restrictive. You have to follow a very specific process. You have to be in full compliance to their rules and regulations, not just the rules and regulations of your state, federal, local governments, and, you know, common decency, but the rules that this company sets forth. So you can only advertise to them, or you can advertise to them and several of their selected vendors. If they have that rule, you would have to follow that. If you did not follow that, you'd be in violation of the franchise agreement. Now, with franchises, you will also pay many different types of income streams to them um, based on based on certain rules. So you have to use their advertising as one. So there's a profit stream for them. So every dollar they, they spend, they may put in 75 cents into advertising and 25%, 25 cents may be a profit margin that goes directly to them. So typically with a franchise, they have their own marketing system set up. They have an advertising requirement. You must spend a certain amount of advertising with us. When you order letters, when you order different marketing and media and other collateral, it has to go through them or it has to be approved through them if you go to an independent uh, 
say a business card maker. So, you know, there's different rules. So licensing, less restrictive. You're generally using their name, their brand rec recognition to get in front of your, of your target audience. And you pay them typically a per use fee. So with real estate, it's a little more complicated than with merchandising, um, selling, selling garments, selling sweatshirts that say Disney on them. You each sweatshirt you sell, if it's 20 bucks, you pay them a dollar. That's pretty simple. With real estate, it is not quite the same. You would probably pay a monthly subscription fee or you would, um, if there's advertising, you pay for the advertising, but you know, they, they can't, they don't make you use all of their collateral, make them make you use all of their, um, products. Although you're welcome to, it's, it's not as restrictive as, as a franchise would be. So now on the other side with the franchise, they have also a responsibility to you. So now I'm jumping from, from the licensing. Hopefully we cleared up what licensing is with a franchise. Um, we'll, uh, we'll focus on, uh, you know, uh, McDonald's. Okay. So not specifically McDonald's, but McDonald's is an example. I'm using this in general terms. I do not know the franchising agreements and, and legal requirements for McDonald's. But let's say if McDonald's is, uh, McDonald's is a real estate investment, um, franchise. So if McDonald's is a real estate investment franchise, they don't sell hamburgers, they sell houses. Okay. So their requirement would be, you have to brand yourself exactly the way we tell you to your colors, your graphics, everything on your, on your boards, on your, um, on your store frontage signs has to be this way. You have to have an office. You cannot work from home. You know, when I had my franchise, I was, a, I was a, a full franchise and this, this company that I signed up with, uh, they just started doing associate franchises at that time. And now I think most of them are probably associate franchises. There may be a few full franchises, but there's a lot of associates. So there are different levels. So an associate and the franchise that I was with, an associate franchise at that time, um, they, they would come in under a franchise. And so there'd be a general or regional or, or citywide or maybe a couple in the city depending on the size of the city like Houston probably would have a couple San Antonio might have one um, Dallas might have one or two but you know Austin would definitely just have one just based on the size of the area they would have associates that work under them the associate would pay a fraction of the fee that they would normally pay that then then a full franchise would pay but when a property is sold they have to pay a, a cut to to the franchise that's managing them they'd have to pay a cut to the franchisor as well and and you know so the profitability on each individual deal would be smaller for for the associate franchise as it would be a full franchise now a full franchise would have to commit to a much larger advertising spend every single month when i was when i signed up i had to spend five thousand dollars a month minimum um, and then encourage to spend as, as much as possible and then you get ad shares. So with the ad shares, advertising is key. If you do not have advertising, you don't have a business. And so you need to spend money on advertising. Now, if you have, a, if it's a side hustle, if it's a small deal, you're an associate or you know, you're know you completely independent 
investor and you have a full-time job, then yeah, you can pick up a house or two a year. That's great additional income. You do not have to advertise all the time. But if you want to reach the most amount of people, you need to advertise. So the key and the lifeblood to the business is if you're not buying, you're dying. You must buy. And to buy, you have to get in front of sellers of properties that are not readily available on the multiple listing service or, or Zillow or other, other platforms that just anyone can reach. You wanna find that person that's on the fence, that's getting ready, uh, I'm not sure, I might wanna sell. Don't really wanna to talk to an agent at this moment, my house is a wreck. I don't wanna deal with Facebook and getting a million people, you know, just asking me all kinds of soliciting type questions or just extreme low balls just through chats and, 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 and you know, impersonal communication through social media. But I want someone to come to my house, spend time, really look at it, make me a firm offer, and I know that I can trust them. To do that, you have to reach out to them. You have to send them a letter. You have to have an impression somewhere, a billboard, radio, something unique that makes them want to call. And they call, they speak with you, and you go on this appointment, and you meet with them, and you have a solid connection, and you spend time, and you really evaluate it. Unlike impersonal touches that you would get from mass media marketing. Now I've been doing this for a long time. So social media wasn't exist, didn't really exist back then. Social media is a very powerful method of getting in front of people, but there's so much static. There's so much interference. There's so much availability of these messages you're just bombarded with. So I think even more so now, the unique competitive edge you would have would be old school direct mail campaigns and marketing. At any rate, I need to pull back into the lesson for the day, which is franchising versus fr fr uh, franchising versus licensing. So for an example, going back to this with the franchise, they would require you to spend X amount of dollars every single month. You have to not only pay that amount per month, but you got to pay that to them directly. You're writing a check to the franchise or, and they're making the advertising spend decisions on where they allocate it, how much goes to social media, how much goes to radio, how much goes to newspaper. I mean, we were doing Yellow Page in the past. I never felt Yellow Pages really worked. You know, I, I don't recall getting phone calls from the Yellow Page ads that we had posted, and they were very expensive back then. I'm, again, this was 10 years ago. No, 12 years ago. Uh, when I first started it and really paid attention. The consensus then amongst the other franchisees was that, you know, Yellow Page doesn't really work. Direct mail works the best, but it's just, you can only get so many impressions out there. There's only so many addresses to mail to, and you're kind of oversaturating the market if you send too frequently with with direct mail. So, you know, you have to spend your money somewhere, and, and you're splitting it up amongst multiple franchises. So, at any rate... As a franchisee, you must pay them for a lot of different fees. And you have to you have to really look at that and say, okay, at the end of the month, how well did I do? How much did I spend? Could I do this on my own? If so, will I follow my own rules? Do I need uh, accountability through the franchise and social pressure through the other franchisees that are saying, hey, you know, Let's, let's advertise some more this month. Let's make a big push. And it did well last year, so let's do it this year. So you, everyone has this vested interest, and they're kind of all in it together to really, really push forward. So 
Yeah, I, I think franchising is a good thing, and it fits a lot of different personalities. People that are are um, a type personality, but are also comfortable, more comfortable in group settings and working for other people, are, are real go getters, but want to work in a group. You know, the true uh, uh, team players. Franchising, I think, is a really good system. For me, my personality is ENTJ. And my personality, you know, groups, I work well in groups. I can. It's not my, you know, I, I prefer to um, control a group. I prefer to create a group. I don't necessarily want to be in one and work in one and optimize that group. My personality, franchising, wasn't, wasn't, wasn't my perfect fit for myself, but it, it worked well. It get it got me. I received advantage from that. I learned stuff from that, and I'm I'm thankful for the time. But after a couple of years, I was I was pretty much done with it. I, I learned everything I needed to learn. I didn't see a, a real value that was being brought to the table, and I had a lot of my own ideas that I needed to express, and I was going to express them one way or the other. And if it goes against the franchise process and the way they do business then um you know i didn't want to uh you know to, to violate any rules and i didn't want to change things up or disrupt things or you know create some kind of discord between myself and them and i just felt it was best to to move on so that was my take so franchising has really good advantages franchising initially helped me get started Quickly now, I was already investing before the franchise, but to come out here, two thousand miles away from California, and get a just a fresh start, you know, get out of my initial uh, big push on commercial and get into family, single family property, something I can bite into on my own and build myself up and learn the process in a forgiving market. Where is the stronger market? Where is the most elastic, long term? Not not elastic in terms of price swings, but something that can, you know, can take stress and still bounce back relatively quickly. And for me, that was Texas, San Antonio specifically, primarily from my experiences in the Air Force when I went to basic training. I, I just had a good experience here. I enjoyed basic training. Not everyone does, but, you know, it was fun. It was different. It was a challenge. You know, it, 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 I, it was cool. I liked it. I liked it. And uh, so... You know, I had fond memories of this place, and when I came back and I was going through and checking out Houston, and although I didn't go directly to Houston, but that was, that was a big one I was considering. Um, I did look there when I was initially investing, and I did buy a property uh, in Magnolia, which is near, near Houston. But uh, Houston wasn't for me. A little too muggy, big place, still a great market, but just mm, didn't want to live there. Uh, Dallas, Dallas was okay. You know, Dallas was fine as, uh, you know, not as interesting to me as Austin. I, I like Austin. Austin was cool. San Antonio just really appealed to me. It's comparable to like Sacramento, Northern California, greater area, that feel. And Austin reminded me a little more of like uh, the East Bay or the Bay Area in, in a sense. And uh, I don't know. I just kind of had that familiar feel. Besides all of the financial decisions, you know, I, I analyzed that out of the place and made sure that, you know, we're in it a good strong emerging market and that there are very strong staple businesses out here there's a great economy you know, all of that specifically made my decision to move this away but you know picking one city or the other yeah there's nuances to, to each one 
and for me to San Antonio felt right and I've been here ever since. So I digress, going back to franchising and licensing. When I started and I bought my franchise, this is going to be, I'm going to you know, share with you my experience with the, with the franchise system. You know, actually, I'm going to make this the next episode. I'm going to talk to you on the next episode. I realize we're about 25 minutes in right now. The next episode, I'm going to go through everything that, um, that, I, that I experienced or that I recall at this moment from my experience um, setting up my franchise in San Antonio in 2008, which was, wow, 13 years ago almost. So stay tuned to the next episode. This is Corey Harrington signing off for Flip Connect.